Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I am so glad that you have joined us today for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. In this day when there is panic and pandemonium all over the world, all kinds of negative, negative reports coming in on a daily basis. When one crisis seems to be waning a little, another one comes to the forefront. I've never seen a day of global unrest, and this is not just the result of the pandemic. That's just one piece of the puzzle. We are living in the perilous time uh, that the Bible said would occur just before the coming of Jesus Christ and just before the coming of the great tribulation period. Friend of mine, this is a day that we need to keep our hearts set upon the things above and not upon the things of this earth. That's what the Bible said in Colossians 3, beginning with verse 1. It said, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not the things of the earth. And then in, in down just a couple of verses, it says, and mortify your members which are on the earth. That means to crucify the flesh, literally, with the lust thereof. In order to follow Jesus in these times, we have to seek the things that are above, not the things of the earth. And we need to set our affections because the devil wants to steal our love from God and he wants to redirect it. He doesn't want us to quit loving. He just wants us to love the world that he knows is a fallen world and a world that will not stand as we know it today. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth, but there's going to be a purging and cleansing of the earth in order for that to occur. The devil knows that his kingdom has a time limit on it. His influence has a time limit on it. And he's working uh, knowing that, uh, you know, the Bible said of him when he, he literally manifests himself uh, right here on the earth and, and demons literally <laughs> come forth and all kinds of, uh, during the great tribulation of evil is expressed. Uh, and uh, it said, woe to the inhabitants of the earth for Satan hath come down to you, knowing he has but a short time. I wonder if Christians are as knowledgeable about the the times and the time that we are living in as the devil is. You know, when Jesus came to the demoniac of the Gadarenes to de- to deliver him from from demon possession, the demons in him, one spoke for all of them. <laughs> one thing about it, the devil is not divided. His his kingdom of darkness is unified, and one one demon spoke for the for the legion of demons in this man. And Jesus, he said, "My name is Legion, for we are many." Why come? I know who you are. Why comest thou to persecute us before 
our time. The devil is more aware of the 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 end of time coming, uh, and he's working overtime because of that. The church has hasn't got that kind of insight and understanding. We are not incited and excited about the coming of Jesus and the nearness of the tribulation, that it would motivate us and give us an incentive to seek God and serve God wholeheartedly and not be caught up in in the flow away from God. Uh, listen, here's here's something I want to bring to you today. I want to bring you a message called Fanning into Flame, the Fire of the First Love. Fanning into Flame, the Fire of the First Love. Listen, in chapter 24 of Matthew's Gospel, Listen to what the disciples, and I'm going to condense for time's sake. You can read all of this, but this is an important question. In verse 3 of chapter 24, it says, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world. Jesus began to answer, and I'm just going to take an excerpt out in in light of our sermon today, fanning into flame the fire of the first love. Listen to verse 11 and verse 12. It says, and many false prophets, he's answering this question about the sign of his coming and of the end of the world. Listen, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. You know, the Bible says that the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days many would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This is, this is false teaching and false teachers. Listen, many false prophets shall rise, shall deceive many, and because iniquity, wickedness here, shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. This is what produces the, 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 the situation before the Antichrist is revealed. That day shall not come until there come a falling away first. And it is people being deceived. It is Christians even being deceived. Listen, deception is the great premier sign of the end times and the last days. And that's why the first piece of spiritual armor that the Roman soldier would put on his physical armor, using that as as a, 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 a pattern for spiritual armor, is the his belt. Everything hinged on his belt. He put on the belt first. And the Bible said of spiritual armor, we're to put on the belt of truth. Then take the sword of the Spirit, then the shield of faith, then the breastplate that also connected at the bottom to that belt. Listen, it all hinged on truth. 
The devil is a liar and he's the father of it. Amen. And 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 the sword of the spirit is the truth, the truth of the gospel. Praise God. Amen. Listen, dear Christian friend today. Your heart is what the devil wants to turn from God to the world. And that's why we need to check ourselves and recognize the signs of waning love where love for God is waxing cold because the falling away is a result of the first love dying. That's why Jesus said to the church of Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, of all the things he commended them for, he said, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Repent and do your first works unless I come to you quickly and remove your lampstand, remove your candlestick. In other words, you'll still have your religious services. You'll still read from the Bible. You'll still sing songs, but you won't represent the kind of devotion and the kind of discipleship that means when you walk out of that building and you walk into this fallen world that you represent a different kingdom and you bow to a different king and you live with a different set of values and you live with an ardent love for Christ (laughs) and it causes a deep devotion and it keeps you from falling away from him. Amen. Listen, Listen, when a fire alarm goes off in hell, Satan responds immediately. He can't, he knows he can't put out the fire of hell. That's not what set off the alarm. What set off the alarm is someone has rekindled the fire and the flame of the first love. And that person is now salt and light. He has become or she has become a threat to his kingdom of darkness. Listen, the devil can't put out the fire of hell, so he tries to put out the fire of first love devotion. He fights what he fears. Someone has said it. I believe it was me. I'm beginning to quote myself. I've said so many things in all of these years, not because of my greatness, but because of its truth. Listen, to be on fire for God is to be under fire from the devil. Make no mistake. He fights what he fears. Every time that a Christian begins to get on fire for God, that means to serve Jesus wholeheartedly with a heart of full devotion unto him. I'm not talking about emotion. You can clap and holler amen and dance and shout and fall out and fall in and do a Jericho marks and the chicken dance. But if you don't have that first love, the flame of it burning brightly in your heart, you are in danger of falling away. I've seen it and I'm seeing it more because we're living right now in the time of the falling away. Because iniquity is abounding, the love of many is waxing cold. 
I'm going to talk to you about the signs of the first love and talk to you about fanning that back into flame. Remember when Timothy, I want to go ahead and say this. Remember when Timothy was was so absolutely uh, discouraged and despondent and 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 he was so down the gifts in him were laying dormant he just didn't want to preach anymore and he got a letter from Paul and Paul said I know there's faith in you there's faith in your mama there was faith in your grandmama amen <laughs> hallelujah and I know then therefore there's faith in you Amen. He said, he said, listen, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Love is part of that. Hallelujah. Part of this, this that God gave us to overcome that deep discouragement. Listen. And, and he said, he said, stir up the gift that is in you. And that, Stir up is one word in the Greek rendered stir up, and it literally means to fan into flame a fire that threatens to go out because of neglect. You see, it's the neglect of prayer. It's neglect of time in the Word. It's neglect in coming together. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but more and more as you see the day approaching, exhorting one another. We're not coming together to make the offering better at church, to build the building project, to have better numbers on the board. We're coming together to encourage one another and in the context to encourage strongly encourage one another in right living you know the bible said all those that live godly shall suffer persecution we need to shore one another up because of the persecutions that will come when we truly live our life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And we deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him because we have fallen in love with him. And this love that we have for him endures all things, bears all things, never gives up, never gives end, never comes to an end. Glory be to God. Amen. Listen, dear friend. We need to recognize that the devil wants to capture our hearts from God and to redirect our love. He wants us to keep loving. He just wants us to love pleasure more than God and love the world and its system more than the kingdom of God and our sovereign. Friend of mine, today we need to do a a holy introspection and see if we are beginning to fall away. Let me give you some warning signs this morning of a waning and dying first love. When my delight in the Lord is no longer as great as my delight in someone or something else. Listen, I said someone or something else. It may be a someone that the devil is putting in your life to want you to be so in love with a person, male or female or whoever, listen, that you would no longer 
have as a primary love and premium love your love and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible said, Be not unequally yoked together the believer and the unbeliever. For what fellowship hath light with darkness and Christ with Belial? Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you. As it is written, I will walk in them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Oh, friend of mine, today we need to delight ourselves in the Lord. The scripture is very clear, isn't it? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, your mind, our strength. Hallelujah. This is an age when men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. According to Second Timothy 3 and verse 4. And the Amplified said they will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more more than and rather than God. This is the spirit of the age, and it's the spirit of our age today. It's also the sphere of the flesh. It's a clear indicator that the flesh is exerting dominance over our life. When a Christian finds himself loving any book more than the Bible, any house more than God's house, any pleasure more than prayer, any person more than Christ, any worldly activity more than Christian service, it's time to take alarm. This is a sign of a waning and eve, and if not corrected, dying first love. We must remember and render the re-enter the rich fellowship of our Father's love. Our intense love for Him and for Jesus must be preceded by receiving love from Him and renewing our fellowship with Him. When my soul does not long for rich fellowship with God's Word and with prayer, it's a sign that my love is dying and waning. Because the scripture said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Amen. Listen, prayer is talking to God. The word is God talking to us. A very distinct sign of love losing its intensity is when there's a breakdown of communication. Someone has said it this way, prayer is the nearest approach to God and the highest enjoyment of Him that we are capable of in this life. It is amazing today to live in a day when statistics tell us that pastors and ministers only spend about 15 minutes to an hour all week long. I'm talking about the blessings, the blessing over the offering, the, the benediction, the opening in prayer. 15 to 30 minutes of prayer. Is it no wonder that we faint, that we give in? You know, Jesus said men all ought to always pray and not to faint. Woodrow Wilson said this of the Word of God. He said, I'm sorry for men who do not read the Bible every day. I wonder why they deprive themselves of the strength and pleasure 
Oh, friend of mine, we need to reestablish as priorities a time for prayer and a time for the study of God's Word. A time, listen, listen, to receive the pleasure and prayer of the fellowship with God that is established through prayer and the reading of His love letter to us. The Word of God. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is truly our strength to endure in these days that we're living in. Listen, when my thoughts during leisure do not reflect upon the Lord, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, thy soul, and thy mind. David said, my meditation of him shall be sweet. Hallelujah. I like what someone has said. Every man and woman, boy and girl, has a train of thought on which he rides when he is alone. The peace and power of his life, as well as in his fulfillment, is in fellowship with God. And it's dependent upon the direction in which that train is going, the baggage it carries, and the scenery through which it travels. Amen. The eye gate is a gate that Satan uses to get into the mind and then to try to change the atmosphere and attitude of the heart. Our thoughts will gravitate toward the person or thing that we love. Amen. Hallelujah. And love will establish our hearts because we will want to please God. We will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to overcome the lust of the flesh. You see, the Holy Spirit won't override your will, but when it's your will to put the kingdom first, and it's your will to put God first in your life and Christ first, He will give you the power to overcome the weakness of your flesh. Hallelujah. When holy zeal wanes, the sinful nature reigns. I want to say that again. When holy zeal wanes, then the sinful nature reigns. That's why the scripture said, they that are in the flesh cannot please God in Romans 8. So in order to overcome, we are told to be strong in the Lord. Not to get strong, but to be strong in the Lord. And it's not just being strong by, by receiving power alone, but because we find pleasure in serving God. The Bible said at His right hand there's pleasure forevermore. It should be a pleasure. You know, I went through a, I think it was Chick-fil-A, and I, I thanked the young lady that took our order, and she said, it is my pleasure. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we read something in the Word of God and, and that He commands us or, or He asks of us, and, and, and we would say to God, it's my pleasure to serve you. Uh, wouldn't it be something if we didn't just just out of pressure read the Bible, but but read it uh, out of pleasure? 
you know, the, the Old Testament, the Bible said of the prophet, I found thy words and I did eat them and they were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, friend, when I become complacent to the sinful conditions around me, amen. Listen, when that occurs, I need to stir up the gift that's in me. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. All that's necessary, someone said, for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Complacency always precedes compromise. In fact, complacency is compromise in and of itself. It is the wedge that the devil uses to get his evil devices into the life of a Christian. Listen, get angry with the umpires. Call in a baseball game and they call you a fan. But if you get a little excited over evil, immorality and apostasy, and you are no longer a fan, but you are now a fanatic, not wanting to suffer the stigma and persecution, many Christians steer clear of any confrontation with the enemy. We avoid conflict with the world. (laughs) Amen. And we become complacent. In the meantime, the nation continues to crumble and the world, as someone has put it, goes to hell in a handbasket. Someone has aptly stated, the real corruptors of society, now this is going to sting, but it's true. And if we continue in the word, we'll know the truth. And the Bible said that truth will set us free. Hallelujah. So stay with me. Buckle in for this because this stung me and it ought to sting you. But thank God it stirs me as well. Someone has aptly stated, and I quote, The real corruptors of society may not be the corrupted, but those who held back the righteous leaven, the salt that is lost its savor. Oh, friend of mine, I want you to know today that God is calling us out of complacency. He's calling us out of this waning first love. You know what the Bible said we're supposed to do to get it back? He said, remember, from whence thou art fallen. I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent and do your first works. Don't wait for the first love to feel it. Start reading the Bible again, because that's what you did when the first love was burning, wasn't it? That was your first work. Come back to church. (laughs) Is is that a practical thing? You couldn't wait to get to church because you had a heart. You loved God and you wanted to worship Him. You loved God and you wanted to hear from Him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. You know what David said? I was glad. I wasn't sad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Get back in the word of God. Get the word of God back in you. Amen. Take time to read. Take time to listen 
as you read the word so that God can speak to your heart and into your life. Hallelujah. So that that flame begins to be rekindled within you. Take time to pray. Just, just Don't make it a heavy responsibility. Make it an opportunity to talk to God. I, I love that song from Dottie Rambo. And a verse in it says, I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. We all know how to pray when when we are in crisis, when we are in trouble. But this is not about being driven to God by our need. This is being drawn to God because of his love for us. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, we need to reestablish a prayer life based on fellowship with God. Not just going to him when trouble comes and when the pressure is on. And and that way, when the pressure is on and when the trouble comes, we don't have to try to reestablish a broken down relationship because we are already in fellowship with him. Hallelujah. And prayer will become just like breathing for the Christian. Hallelujah. It, it will be something we do spontaneously. And, and yes, we need a set aside time, but we need more than that to be in a constant fellowship relationship with God and therefore communicating with Him. I find myself saying things to God all day long. And I have a specific time, but it's not just about that. That can become ritualistic and routine. But all day long, I find myself thanking Him and praising Him and talking to Him. And I find myself hearing from Him in my heart today. We love Him because He first loved us. And today, dear Christian, I urge you, I beseech you, hallelujah, praise God, to do your first works. And as you're doing them, the first love will begin to be rekindled within you. Fan into flame the fire of the first love that threatens to go out because of neglect. If we've neglected the Word of God, our first work would be to get back in the Word of God. If we neglected the house of God, (laughs) our first work would be to go back to church, get involved again. If, if, because the hand doesn't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. You may think you have no need of us. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, we have need of you. Hallelujah. How are you going to lift up the hand that hangs down and strengthen the feeble knee? And if your hand, hands hang down and your knee is feeble, who's going to come alongside and lift you up? No man is an island. God didn't design the church to, to be isolated from each other, but to be integrated to each other. And I'm not talking about color or culture. I'm talking about Christian faith today. This is a fundamental truth 
of the Christian faith. We are to be united, a building fitly framed together for a habitation of God by the Holy Spirit. Praise God that every part supply that that every other part needs so that the body is strong. Praise God. God and nourished <laughs> and in love with Jesus. Praise God. Friend of mine, the hour is late. The coming of the Lord is near. And if there was ever a time that we needed the first love burning brightly, it is in this time of the love of many waxing cold. It is in this time of the falling away that just precedes the great tribulation and the coming of Jesus Christ. Today, if you have heard, sensed, and seen a sign of waning love, and your devotion is no longer deep, you are in danger today. I would be in danger today because There is a strong flow away from God in this world. And we need to be upstream Christians in this downstream world. Marching to the beat of a different drummer. Living out our love for the Lord in every decision we make, in every step we take, until Jesus comes. Hallelujah. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, He loves you. God gave His Son. Jesus gave His life. And you can fall in love with Him because you're going to find if you repent of your sin and run to Him instead of from Him, He will welcome you with open arms. And when His love fills your heart, fills your life you'll begin to love him back for loving you and you will love God with all your heart soul, mind and strength hallelujah and it will keep us from the falling away and it will keep us from the tempter's snare glory to God and we'll be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.